change, not completely senseless change, but change that you intuitively feel will teach you new things, lead you new places, and it actually raises your energy. This is Bev, and I'll be the host of People at Work Today. This podcast is brought to you by Jostle, the creator of an employee intranet. And at Jostle, we're building technology that helps people connect and plug into things that matter to them at work to reduce the overwhelm and fragmentation that they might be feeling in their workday. And while we're building our technology, we're also thinking about what's actually happening at work. And in order to understand that, we have conversations like this one today to help us understand what is impacting the experience that people have at work. I'm delighted to introduce Liz Lewinson, who is my guest today. Liz is a writer, a communication specialist, and a director of the Frederick P. Lenz Foundation for American Buddhism. Her books, Woman, Meditation and Power, and The Power of the Loving Man, help women and men gain new understandings of empowering gender roles. Today, Liz and I are going to talk about new ways of empowerment since the shift to remote work and embracing inevitable change with or without a pandemic. So welcome, Liz. It's wonderful to have you with us today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So Liz, before we get into our topic today, I'd love it if you could give our listeners just a quick snapshot of your background and uh, the things that are really getting you jazzed up at the moment um, before we enter our conversation. Well, I have an interesting background, I think. Um, I am a longtime meditator and teacher of meditation, and I actually spent a decade of my life teaching and making a living off of teaching transcendental meditation, which I no longer do, but it was an interesting way to start. And then I segued, I was living in Los Angeles. I grew up in West LA. Uh, I was always a writer. So I segued into public relations. And I just happened to land at my very first job at a very interesting public relations firm that did a lot of uh, then really at the top of his game, public television. There were shows about Gandhi. There was uh, De Margot Fontaine doing dance. And I got to really uh, cut my chops in PR and marketing there. And then I spent the next decade in that uh, career. And I actually went on to become a senior VP at several television uh, studios and very intriguing. And then I shifted to computer science. All the while in background, I never stopped meditating, but my focus was no longer quite so much on the teaching side. Um, I certainly kept learning because as we all do all through our lives. And so I was in IT and very intense uh, New York finance IT (laughs) for many years. And then I was offered a job in New Zealand for a couple of years as a uh, communications manager. I did that. And now I'm sort of back and I I feel like I use everything I've learned. And I um, am back to teaching a little bit more meditation of different stripes. And so that's my background in career. I've always been a believer that you can change careers radically. I mean, I went from complete public relations to complete technology, and it was a really fascinating shift. So what is getting me excited right now is I have to say that I do work from home. I am pretty busy right now with this foundation because it's an active foundation and I'm very small. It's just 
So we're very busy and we uh, give grants to a number over, over time. It's been over or close to about 150 Buddhist organizations. Everyone has their own thing they do. So I enjoy that very much learning about what people are doing. It's lovely to help. And I still write. And so this has been a productive time. Actually, that makes me very happy. Well, I'm really happy to hear that you've uh, been able to take this time that we've been given and, and use it uh, for good. And I can also say that just from your description of your background, that you are probably the most equipped person to be able to have a conversation about adapting and how inevitable change is and how you can thrive through change. So um, I'm really fascinated by how you, you moved through your career. And I guess if you were to reflect on that, the, the changes that you made, could you pick up on one or two commonalities that were there, even though the, the work and the industries you were in were quite different? Was there something through all of it that was uh, the same for you? Well, uh, I would say the one constant was, you know, meditation is, can be an overused word, but to me, it was always an active practice. It's about stilling your mind and uh, sort of taking this quieter inner dive. And when you do that, Honestly, it becomes so much easier to change because you have, it's like having a, a, a foundation. So if you have a foundation, of course you can flip in all different directions because you didn't really uh, feel too threatened in your actual foundation. And so that, that would be a constant. In terms of a mindset, I would just say uh, a sense that change is good that I have, I've, I'm pretty sure at one point in my life, I must have been afraid of change, but as many of us are, but change, not completely senseless change, but change that you intuitively feel will teach you new things, lead you new places. And it doesn't even have to be big change. Sometimes it's just small change. It actually raises your energy. So I think I could say for myself, and especially now in my life, I am up at any time for um, non-life-threatening adventure. <laughs> and that could almost really be enrolling in a new class that I've never taken before, which of which there's so many online right now. It's quite amazing all the things and feelings and remembrances it sparks in your mind. So I would say the constant is a willingness to change and a belief that even if it's a little choppy during the transition, which it almost always is, uh, that ultimately I would figure it out and land in a in a interesting place. Well, thank you. Yeah, I th I think that um, what you just said is is so relevant to today's time where many of us have been forced into change whether we wanted it or not and we've had to respond or not um, you know and and have had outcomes which have been connected to our ability or to the degree to which we've been open to change so um, let's step into the focus of our conversation here today and just you know we acknowledge that a lot has changed in the world since March for most of us here in um, North America and beyond. Um, and some of the change that was thrust upon us was not change that we would have asked for. Um, 
but perhaps you can help us understand creating a, a way to, to, to embrace change and to be open to change helps you navigate that change. So um, we've already talked about the mindset that you need to have, but what is the most important um, capability that one might need to have to be open to change? So how can we help people embrace change better? Okay, I, I know I'm gonna sound a little redundant, but right now you can find a meditation technique on the front page of the New York Times when you open your search engine, there's some instructions. That's one of the first things. Have Start a little daily practice, okay? Just to settle yourself a little bit. Because then, so that then, um, because change brings anxiety and anxiety is draining. It's, it's one of those emotions that will actually slow you down. So is fear, so is anger. All these things will just slow you down. So what you wanna do to take an efficient path, I think is try these, so all over the place, it's become so common. And why? Because we are in a time of crisis. Everyone's going through so much that you can go anywhere, just learn some basic meditation. I'm not even a sponsor of anyone right now at all. Just say, learn some basic settling of your mind. Remember about if things really fearful or anxious emotions come up, you can do, just do something like deep breathing for a minute or two and settle it then you have your baseline. Okay, so then you don't have to abandon your ideas. If I, what, what I think is important, and I do it constantly, is I come back to, well, what, what, what do I want to do? What is my soul yearning to do? I mean, way back when, uh, when I got out of that whole transcendental meditation thing, I was just basically no skills and penniless. <laughs> I just thought to myself, what is it am I, what I want to do and what do I think I'm good at? And in both, I, that it actually converged on I wanted to write and yet I wanted to make a living at it. And I actually got a really junior job at a, a magazine place. That was one of my first things. Why? Because I was able to focus. And if I would say if anybody has any ideas now of what their next step should be, this is a perfect opportunity to be strategic about it. But I'm a big believer in writing down goals. What do you want to do? And what are you good at? And then you can start to strategize in that direction. So one of the things I would suggest for many, many people who may not have thought of it before is to start to build up technology. Because remember, I segued into that. You can take... <clears throat> a six month uh, certification class and now online, that would be wonderful. And at the end of this whole crazy period, you could end up with the skills to get work that is very well paying, that usually involves you with quite wonderful people and may in many cases, get you into some interesting high paced current areas. Right, and many people think, oh no, it takes math, I can't do it. But as a recommendation, a practical recommendation, especially if you've been in a field that's just not, you may have been in the service field, you may have been in nursing or some skills that were recommended, certainly for women. There were certain pro careers for women. I, 
I right away look suspicious if, if it's an old time career for women, because usually they were not empowering for women. Because women have not had the chance to get to their power level for centuries, actually millennia. So if you're a woman listening to this, I would go, what does, what used to scare me? What do I think I could just step into and have an incredibly different lifestyle? And I would actually go. <laughs> I would go in that direction. I would not be held back with whatever old fashioned, unhelpful thought processes of which there are many uh, regarding women in particular have unempowered women in the past. Uh, men, I feel um, the same thing. There's just certain, in, in the new world that's gonna emerge from all this, I think things will fall away. And it's important to just keep learning, learning new things. You don't know which thing is gonna pop and become your next avenue. Yeah, I, th I think what you're raising there is is this interesting connection between empowerment and willingness to change and having the growth mindset and the curiosity uh, to actually take that step. And I, I agree with you. I think there are some societal structures and there's there's history and legacy that disadvantages uh, women and and you know other minorities or or peoples of color or you know other pe people who have been marginalized for some reason um, are disempowered and therefore change is is potentially harder uh, for them. But I feel that we've arrived at a place that the pandemic has actually leveled the playing field for us and created openings for us to seize uh, and take you know, the opportunity that's presented to us um, in, in ways that we've never experienced before. So I wonder, what are your thoughts on that? I agree. Okay, just everything you just said is accurate and true. Um, by moving the world online and by people making things accessible and actually much more affordable to a much broader spectrum I mean, um, things like you couldn't possibly even commute physically from one end of, let's say, Manhattan to way across to some borough where some great tech classes were held. Right now, you can stay at home and you can take advantage of them. And I think the most a very important thing is to check in your mindset. Okay, so... Let's talk about power and empowerment. And yes, minorities, people of color and women have all been for just centuries held down and told that they were not uh, gonna be open for successful or challenging careers or powerful careers that earn a lot of money. And of course, this is just nonsense. This is. It's, it's literally mental programming that people who were not, uh, who were pretty ignorant and not, uh, not, not in a good place, by the way, mostly men <laughs> uh, would, would do that. So would put out those thoughts. And so if, if it goes on for a long time, what happens is it gets embedded, right? So 
right now is every there's so much upheaval that you can actually go wait a minute i used to think that i couldn't do this thing that's just an embedded thought uh i used to think that i was not you know in line to just take advantage of all these entrepreneurial opportunities of all this education that you know, so most of the, a lot of the very successful technical people didn't necessarily go to college in computer school, <laughs> right? Bill Gates, he only got out of high school. He's an exception, I think, but um, I'm just using that to say that I would look around for certifications. Certifications are a neat thing. Uh, we have, even in our world, we have people writing us and say, well, I want to have a grant so I can get certified in mindfulness, for example. And part of me says, well, you don't need to get certified in mindfulness. But on the other hand, I understand if you want to go and teach, you want that name, you want that little degree under your name, your little whatever the letter. So I think that so many more people now can get into the game that was was somewhat off limits and that's the beauty of things being online but I also think what people need to realize and this is again just what Google and search engines make possible you have the world at your fingertips I I five or ten times a day go on Google and search for stuff that just intrigues me something happens well everyone should be realizing that the only reason that option wasn't there is that they, again, in their mind may have thought, oh, this is just how it is. It's going to be this way for the next, the rest of my life. That's not true. Just explore curiosity, explore it all because you don't know what will lead to the next thing. Does, does that make sense, Bev? I mean, yeah, it absolutely does. And, what I just um, thought about was, um, as you were talking, was this shift that we're seeing towards more skill-based recruiting and embracing people for the variety and the depth of their skills that they have, not necessarily their programmed professional function. Um, so, you know, things like creativity and critical thinking and how to work with others and you know all of those types of skills are the things that are going to allow us to adapt and change most effectively and break out of those rigid um, models or like like you were talking about program thinking um, you know I, I see that in in my environment I work for a tech company as I mentioned and we the way that we work requires us to work across boundaries, if you will, of the teams that we have. So marketing will work with our developers and customer success will work with our operations team. So we necessarily require or um, hope that people are using and growing skills that are not constrained to their professional discipline. And I think that is really where the answer lies in, in helping yourself be most marketable and have the most access to opportunity is if you have got skills that can be adapted to any environment and any circumstance. And I think you've demonstrated that by talking about your career and your development, that you had certain skills that you were able to take into very, very different environments right. and be successful at it. 
I think that more and more is going to be the way of recruiting, of talent attraction, um, not necessarily expecting people to even be employees in one environment. Um, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of adaptability. Um, and I think that offers us all tremendous opportunity, uh, as you were suggesting, right? Like never before have we had so much opportunity to sit in our homes and excel at something or many things if we wish. So I, I do think it's an interesting time, particularly in the context of work and employees and people at work. Um, and notwithstanding the, the severe, um, you know, the duress that the world is under because of the pandemic, but I think there is tremendous opportunity for, for us as individuals, um, mm -hmm. if we're lucky enough to be able to grasp those opportunities. One, one thing that I thought of too, just as you were speaking is that um, I said to make a list of what you want to do and what you think you're good at. Also, why don't you make a list of you, what you feel are your shortcomings in your skill set? Because then you can look at that list and go, okay, what is it that I could possibly um, become highly improved at during this time? So some people, for example, very skilled, but they're just terrified of, you know, writing a resume or going on an interview that's a skill set you can learn about this you can learn again you can have some just uh, you know the one thing i'm thinking is i keep emphasizing minimally you need your phone even if you, you most people have on some kind of smartphone these days even if they don't have a laptop so i think you can access the information you need you can pick up skills i mean i definitely know people who went out for their first job. And what they did was they really trained on interviewing, <laughs> even over the phone, because there's tricks to it, right? There's certain questions that you're likely to be asked. It's good to know them. And I think one of the uh, ways that you can prepare during this time is that you have so much more freedom, I think, working from home. You aren't, you, you, should at least pick up the time that you were using commuting and use that for these constructive ideas. And you just simply don't know where they're going to come from. But it, the idea of, of doing something that you're terrified to do, sometimes people are terrified of public speaking, which might, why don't you learn to be a good public speaker? You know what? There's so many work environments where that is appreciated right? Because then you are versatile enough to go and talk to the customers. You might be the person that they hire to do presentations. You just don't know. It just, I would look at that skill set that you're worried about, the, the shortcoming skill set. Yeah, I, th I think you're right. And it, it reminds me of that saying, don't let a crisis go to waste, right? So, yeah. <laughs> You know, let's let's find what we can about this that is positive and that can enrich us instead of um, while, you know, obviously there, there is a level of stress and anxiety that has come to us with the pandemic and that I know I felt that personally myself, especially in the beginning days um, where I felt I was just completely immobilized and I couldn't yes. act because I just didn't know what was coming next and the uncertainty of it was terrifying. Um, but I think it's it's normalized to some degree now where um, 
you know, like you said, using the commute time that we've we've gained back and finding ways to be creative with your family and the, the circumstances that you have at home so that you can enrich yourself during this time, if possible. Another expression is, if life hands you a lemon, make lemonade. Definitely. Yep, same idea. <laughs> I actually used that saying recently. I uh, I wrote uh, an article around facing the unexpected and making the most of something. Uh, so I'm a runner, and I was meant to be running the Boston Marathon this year. And most running races around the world were cancelled, um, as a, as were all group events. Anyway, so my Boston hopes were dashed. Um, and in addition to that, I got injured during the summer. So. Um, I had signed up to participate in the virtual Boston Marathon, which basically meant you had to run a marathon on your own during a given period of time. And so I signed up for it. Then I got injured and the deadline was looming and I, I had to do this race or else I wasn't going to meet my goal. So I just decided to walk the 42.2 kilometers mm -hmm. and make sure that I did it. Um, and so the title of my article was, well, you know, when life hands you lemons, make lemonade. And so um, I just wanted to share that as a personal story around, um, I think it does depend on your mindset, though, whether or not you are able to rise up to the challenges that are thrown at you. And I think I'd like to hear your thoughts on what about people who aren't naturally um, going to fight for the change that they want to see, that they don't know how to, to respond in a positive way to something like the pandemic. Their natural instinct is to withdraw and look after themselves or maybe not look after themselves um, and disconnect themselves from everything around them. And I've seen that happen with some of our employees who yeah. are on the sh introverted, shy side of things that have really withdrawn through this and have not coped well through the change. So what would your response be to people who are naturally not of the, the growth mindset cohort? Well, first of all, as you said, there has been a curve on this thing. I think we were all so terrified. I was, I was actually having just tremendous feelings of fear. And then I think we've come to the point where we know that there's things we can do to stay safe and uh, sooner or later, I, I believe, I don't think it's going to take more time. Probably it could be a year before we normalize again. But for very, very introverted or people who just uh, want to go so far within, I have a couple of thoughts. Look, if you're content, if your state of mind is content with this extreme level of introversion and no interaction, but you're still capable of doing your job, then maybe that's your choice. But I think for most people, you know, there are so many things you need to, though, you do try different things. So what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another. Just, you know, dropping to the ground in the middle of a state of maybe despair or sadness. Do you know if you do about 10 or 15 push-ups, you'll feel different afterward because you're doing something exercise that brings a blood flow to your brain. Um, there's online, I know I'm, I'm going, I'm still going back to saying somehow the very uh, 
you know, get new books to read. Everything's on Kindle now. You don't have to go anywhere. Uh, you know you can order everything you want. But I think if I, I have to say, I believe that there's a mechanics of the mind and the body. And the mind does like learning new things and provides energy when you do that. The body likes some form of exercise. And if you're sitting all day and doing absolutely nothing at all to stimulate your mind, you may, honestly, Bev, these may have been the same people. I don't want to sound critical, but if you were just going to work and then watching TV, <laughs> you can still watch it, doing pretty much the same things your whole life, and now maybe one or two things have been disrupted, I would just say to, to you who are, might feel that way, you're not as happy as you could be. You're not as fulfilled as you could be. And if you would like your life to be growing in a pattern, then you, people figure these things out on your own. Life is a great teacher, but there's some basic truths. One is, I'll say it one more time, some form of quieting your mind, learning mindfulness, which means you just keep a track on your mind, not falling into negative emotions. That's what mindfulness essentially is. And then you learn ways to do that. And then you, that alone might give you a feeling, a little opening, a little opening that says, wow, I could learn this during this time. And one thing will lead to another. So I, I don't know if that's helpful because if someone is committed to inertia, then that is how it is. Yeah, but I agree with that. And, and I just wanted to make one clarification that, you know, obviously introverted people can still have a growth mindset. And I, I wasn't implying that because you're shy or withdrawn because you're introverted, that necessarily means you're not growing and learning and expanding your mind and, and reaching new heights in, in your life experience by any means. So some of the things that, that you've just talked about will definitely be helpful to people who might have a natural tendency um, for that. And some people just are adamant that they don't want to change. And I would say, fine, but be very open and accepting to everybody who does want to change. Don't impose your views of no change, you know, because it can turn a little ugly sometimes. Sometimes it's, I feel that some of the people that we see who are all unhappy and unsatisfied and out there uh, trying to resist change, <laughs> Uh, in a very, you know, trying to turn the clock back. The clock's not going to go back. Okay, so point one. And I think that that's why I say it's fine if you don't want change, but don't impose your views on other people. The world is changing. Guess what? The world is changing not you know, we're struggling now. It's changing so much. It's not always changing for the better. Right now, as we look around, it seems to be changing many things. Climate change, we, all these things are happening. And um, does COVID, we, we don't even know if COVID is the last of these things. It could, it, as the world gets more and more crowded, this could continue to happen. So perhaps the most important skill to for everyone to really cultivate is this ability to be fluid. And there's great power in a fluid inner nature. 
to realize that everything has is going to change faster than it ever did in human history, I think, in our human history. I'll go back to empowerment. Women I write about are, are having innate power and studies have shown that actually women are better at change and complexity. Um, so women should definitely be leveraging that and realizing how this is an important time for leadership for women and that's gonna help. Uh, men should realize that they've had the most, they have internally this is incredibly loving, effusive uh, kindness and humility and appreciation of life, which has in most cases been snuffed out of them in their childhood. And that's disempowering for men. Mm -hmm. So men should use this time also. I think women should use this time to increase their leadership and their power level. Men should use this time to look at themselves and say, how was I suppressed? How are those beautiful emotions that are inside of me held down? This is a time to start bringing them out because I will also in work or wherever I am present, I have such a natural ability in this area that it's gonna help accelerate everything. There's a huge power for men. I would love to see that happening. Yeah, I love that you have balanced the view there across the disempowerment that both men and women feel and acknowledging of course that there has been empowerment that has been imbalanced um, as well on you know in the favor of men over you know millennia as you've already alluded to and I think what I really value through this time is this humanness that exists with us now than you know more so than ever before that we're having conversations that have far more at least I have have got far more depth and, and context for people's lives than ever before because we're having these zoom calls and we're having these google meet calls where you're seeing people's lives exposed behind them if they choose to turn their camera on and if they don't blur the background um, but we're seeing people in more vulnerable states than we've ever seen before we don't see that part of people when they arrive in the workplace because we've prescribed that you don't show your emotions when you're at work, that you don't show up as a vulnerable man at work, um, that you don't show up as a woman who cries at work. Um, and now it's just exposed, right? I mean, I'm not suggesting that people are melting down on Zoom calls around the world, <laughs> but I, I feel like there's this, we've made a huge leap forward in accepting that nobody is perfect and that it doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman, you, you, you're human and you have feelings and flaws and vulnerabilities and it's okay. So I, I don't know if that resonates with you at all or if you've experienced that, that very much over this time. It, it absolutely does resonate with me. And I've actually been amazed how you can make lovely friends over time over Zoom. Um, I, again, I am... I do take a regular yoga class. And I mean, this, you feel like you get to know these people because there are little side conversations. I feel that way about any regularly meeting, not necessarily one time, but a group that you join that is meeting on Zoom. After the initial call or two, it is a lovely environment actually to chat, to, just as you said, sort of see the background of where do people live we're all quite psychic, men and women. 
we're all we don't always acknowledge it but every person is far more psychic than they realize and so we sense a lot but about other people when we meet with them and talk with them and look at them in their unpolished state as you said um you're absolutely right work by definition as you go there you're dressed up you're you know reasonably you've got your work clothes on let's put it that way you're in a much more sterile environment and your job there is to work you know that's it that was the definition and i think today there's just much of more of a sense of a common uh shared uh, crisis of a sort that we're all trying to get through and that is a an opportunity um Again, I would love to see all women know that they're inherently powerful and really built for leadership. I'd like men, this is a good word you use to understand that they're also meant to be more vulnerable, but also develop uh, not just a romantic love, but a true, um, it's like a universal love in, in Greek. I think the word is agape, something really quite high. And to manifest that with a very high natural ability. So this is probably one of the most profound changes that I would say and hope could come out of this is a environment where when we are out of COVID and I think we'll all be, I don't know that workspaces will return the way they were, but I would definitely like to see more balance and more respect uh, for the true qualities of male and female. People have it so mixed up. So women should be as powerful as they can and need to be in the workplace. Men should be as kind and humble and loving as they need to be in the workplace without the automatic put downs that have happened in the past. Yeah, I would love to see that shift happen too. And I. I think that you're absolutely right about this pandemic is is likely the first of the the potentially catastrophic changes that the world is going to be facing and when we look at the climate and we look at you know other social systemic problems um, there are some very very big challenges facing humanity um, mm. as we move forward and the sooner that we can all uh, realize that we're all equal and that we all have this power within us to be better humans um, and that we can change and that we don't need to go back to the past because it didn't serve us quite honestly um, especially if we look in a work context uh, you know with the degree to which people were disengaged and unhappy at work why would we ever want to go back to that so I think that you've given us a tremendous amount to think about today. And if, if we just bring it back to one of your earlier points around stilling the mind and, and being in control of the facility of your mind is such a powerful thing to learn to do. So if nothing else, um, if our listeners take that today and go and sign up for some sort of meditation class, I know it's some a work in progress for me constantly. I really struggle with it, but I, I, I'm working hard at it. Um, but if there's anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners today to help them get started or to continue on their path of change, I, I'd love to hear it. 
Well, um, let's see. I I do think um, learn more than one way to meditate, okay? Because if it's not working and you're really struggling, just go and learn some different ways. Um, obviously, I'm with a Buddhist foundation. There's many, many flavors of Buddhism. All of them teach meditation without any uh, claims on your life or... <laughs> soul <laughs> go and take an online class from so many great places um and and in general it, it might be a clean nice way to learn to meditate that might be better than just learning to say the word you know laptop over and over again just so if you had a little flavor of an extra empowerment that might be a nice thing that would be a piece of advice the rest is just everything we talked about. I really think it's been a great conversation, Bev. We all need to buff up our uh, idea that the world's changing, our ability to sort of surf and uh, leverage that change is good. One of the most foundational problems has been a misunderstanding of, of gender and what it means to be male or female. I know everyone likes, it's much more fashionable to be gender fluid, but even so, you must understand that there are traits that have been given to uh, maleness and females that have not been accurate for a long, long time. So to watch that, be careful and overcome that one as well. Well, thank you, Liz. I've enjoyed our conversation here and, and I appreciate the uh, the insights and the fluidity of thought that you've delivered to our audience today and just um, really appreciative of your worldview and uh, the way that you are proceeding to bring change to the world. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Bev. Just lovely to meet you. Well, thank you. Very I appreciate good. that. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of People at Work. It would mean a lot to us if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. The more reviews we get, the more people discover the podcast. Also, don't forget to subscribe to ensure that you don't miss an episode. You can do this wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can reach me at bev at jostle.me or find me on LinkedIn. Until next time, take care.